I took $5,000, went a mile up the road to my local Wells Fargo, and opened a business bank account in the name of Athena Executive Services Incorporated. We just ended 2021 at 550,000. Not too bad in five years. Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. My guest today is Gina Kotner, founder and CEO of Athena Executive Services, a firm that pairs virtual executive assistants around the U.S. with swamped and successful entrepreneurs and executives. Founded in 2016, Athena focuses on high-caliber EA performance for their clients, constantly coaching and developing their team and what it takes to have strong, powerful partnerships with executives. Gina is passionate about the work-life balance, wellness, and personal satisfaction of busy professionals. She has a degree in human resources and public relations from Syracuse University, and her career has centered around training and personal development, and even spent time as an EA herself. Gina has also led seminars for one of the world's leading personal development organizations. Gina, I'm really glad to have you with me today because we have done a lot of the same training. Yeah, great. I'm happy to be here too. Well, great. So first off, would you consider Athena as a search firm or a staffing firm, like at its, at its basic level? It's a great question. Not really. If I had to put it into a prior bucket, you know, that already existed, is it a temp firm? Is it a con? Is it a search Mm -hmm. firm? Probably closer to a contracting firm, you know, someone where you would do long-term contracts with, Mm -hmm. but we only do, you know, only EAs and they are contractors and they belong, so to say, to me and Athena Right. And then we do the pairing right out in the right. world. So closest to a contracting firm, I'd say. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell me about, I know you and I have talked about this, but tell me a little bit about the genesis of the company. It's, it's a really interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. I woke up this morning before my eyes actually opened and I thought, I bet she's going to ask me that. Where do I mm-hmm. start? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How far back in the story do I start? So really? um, as far back as you want to go. You know how it's, you look back and it's like, oh boy, everything got me here, right? Mm -hmm. Leaving corporate America and having other small entrepreneurship things that Mm -hmm. some worked and some didn't. And, oh, I was going to open a martini lounge and spend a year and a half getting ready to do that. And then I decided not to, and it was the best thing I decided to ever not do. And, you know, it's been all kind of all over the place. And then, Mm -hmm. um, I was in a phase where I was a business coach for a while and I was a Mm -hmm. hospitality consultant. So I had a business partner and we were consulting with bars and restaurants and hotels Mm -hmm. on customer experience. And we weren't doing great. We were doing okay, but it was Mm -hmm. too stressful. It was like, paying the mortgage was dependent upon, could we sign the next deal? But we didn't really have time to go sign the next deal because we were busy delivering for the current client. Ugh, and it just got too stressful. Coupled with at the same time, I was leaving my husband. So then I had all the stress of that was happening. Yeah. And so I packed up my SUV one day, 10 years ago, 
and I drove to my mom's house, which is really a sad thing when you're 40 years old. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) it all turned out great. Moved into mom's basement for three months and somewhere in there, uh, probably in the next year, I was giving my former husband the house and I got my own apartment in the city in Seattle. And, but I started getting these notices in the mail that were pink and some were yellow. And that <laughs> Warning messages, huh? <laughs> I had never seen things like this, right? And letting me know that the mortgage was not getting paid. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was getting really, really scared. And um, finally had to figure out how to sell that house from 60, 70 miles away. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in the midst of all that, I just said, I just need a job. I just need a job. I want to wake up. I want to go somewhere. I want to make a difference for somebody contribute and go home. And then a couple times a month, dear Lord, I'd just like money to arrive in my bank account. That's all mm-hmm. I want. Mm-hmm. So I just started looking around and wrestling around and kind of letting people know what I was looking for. And there was a, a Facebook group I was a part of, you know, lo and behold, and somebody wrote on there, Hey, I'm looking mm-hmm. for an executive assistant. And I think I need someone of this and that. And she was in the same personal development sort of realm I was in. And I mm-hmm. thought, I, I kind of know her. I know her a little bit. I think Good. I could be an executive assistant. Absolutely. Yeah. Why couldn't I be an executive assistant? Which is a dangerous thought, by the way, because yes, everybody right. thinks they can be an executive assistant because right. they're everybody in a higher thinks- level position. Right. So therefore they could do the lower level position mm-hmm. and this almost never works. But th- there's a lot of that in many different industries. You know, I believe, they think, I believe think they can do something that they have no training for or experience because of course, you know, how hard, how hard can it be? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I go to work for this woman and she's the CEO of a recruiting firm and um, I'm broke as a joke back then. And I, so I go to Goodwill and I buy my little over the shoulder bag so that I have something <laughs> to put my little laptop in and I got my new little dress up coat yep. and I get on the bus and I become a commuter again and I commute across the lake and I go to this beautiful little office and I be her EA for about three months. And then she sells the property or gets out of the lease that we're in and we are mm-hmm. all now working from home. And this is, I don't know, eight, 10 years ago. So this Mm -hmm. is way before everybody was forced to work from home, so Mm -hmm. to say. So there I was working from home as an EA and I loved it. And I did that for a few years. Mm -hmm. And then that company kind of fizzled out and the work reduced, 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 reduced. And then she said, you know, would you be willing to kind of like take a sabbatical? Well, at the same time, my father was passing. We knew he, we were, he was going to pass away. And I said, mm-hmm. you know what? I'd rather just take this opportunity mm-hmm. to go to California and be with my father and spend the last chapter of his life with him, mm-hmm. which I did. Mm-hmm. So completed that relationship, went to go be with my father. My father passed and then I came home, gave myself a few months to just float around through life. And a few months later, then I was ready to go back to work. And I started rustling the bushes again and asking around and saying, I'm looking for a CEO to support remotely from home. And one of my girlfriends said, oh, our our CEO could really use you. He could seriously use you. And I said, okay, she connects us and we go to work. And she says, but here's the thing. Here's the first project he really needs, Gina. He needs somebody to find the jeweler and coordinate the engagement and wedding rings for his wife. So don't ever give that to your EA as your first project that you ever delegate to your EA. So that was an insane, fabulous first project. And um, so I started working for this guy Mm -hmm. and we had a great relationship and I'm his EA and I'm managing all kinds of calendar and finances and stuff. And 
Tiffany, who originally introduced us, comes Mm -hmm. to me three months later and says, for your planning, I would like your services and I'm going to need an EA in the next quarter. So can you just plan for that? And I said, no, I am full. I am not looking for another client. And she said, okay, no problem. Just find me somebody like you. (laughs) I was like, ah, Tiffany. And she said, you know, have you thought about opening this as a business? Don't you think you could do this as a business? I was like, no, 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 no. I've already been an entrepreneur. Way too rough. I don't want to do that. Mm -mm -mm." She said, well, just go find me somebody like you. And then you coach them and you make sure that they perform like you. And so she and I were friends. We put our heads together and we came up with a mutual friend of ours named Dorian. Mm-hmm. Who I know. And we said, all right, let's talk to Dorian. <laughs> Dorian could be great. Mm-hmm. And Dorian was maybe 25 at the time. She's mm-hmm. pretty young. She had been in one job her entire adult life. And she still lived at home. And she was going to live at home until she got married. Right. So she was very you know, sweet sort of traditional life. And I said, mm-hmm. Tiffany, if we pluck her out of this one job she's had her entire adult life, and we screw can't it mess up. up her life. <laughs> yeah, right. right. I said, Don't, we can't mess up her life. So you have to be a good client and I'll be a good coach. And they agreed to pay me a little spiff, like uh, per hours that Dorian mm-hmm. worked. Mm-hmm. So we talked to Dorian about this and Dorian says, I would love to work with you too. Let's do it. So she starts becoming the EA to Tiffany and I'm her coach and we're good. <laughs> and, so and the three of us are happy as a clam yeah. until Tiffany, until Tiffany calls me and says, Gina, there's these sales directors and they're wasting yeah. way too much time on yeah. admin work. They we need so much more them. effective mm-hmm. if they had an EA, find me somebody. And I said, Tiff. And she said, open this as a business. And I said, I don't want to. And she said, get over yourself. <laughs> and that was the end of it. So that was May of 2016 and Mm -hmm. I found Allison and went and opened a sub S corp in the state of Washington. Mm -hmm. And our first payroll was mid May, 2016. And it was me and Allison and Dorian. (laughs) And that was how we started. And then I took Mm $5,000 and went a mile up the road to my local Wells Fargo and opened a business bank account in the name of Athena Executive Services Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, we just ended 2021 at 550000 Good. Not so, too, <laughs> not too yeah. bad in five years. Well, you know, mm-hmm. not, I mean, not too bad for somebody who, you know, who, who, you know, doesn't want to start a business. Yeah. Okay. And, and if, and you're not doing this full time, are you? No. And I was never, I was unwilling to be a 60 hour a week. Right. Live on the couch and eat pizza founder. Right. So I think that's really important to talk about that. Not every successful founder needs to have a $500 million exit. You know, there are, there are high growth tech firms and there are, you know, what I would consider this to be a, um, a lifestyle company, right? Yes. You are, yeah, you are great word for it. right. You are working as much as you want to work and, and that's totally great. You know, I, I yeah. think, and, and, you know, ending it at, at revenues of over half a million dollars, um, you know, for, you know, the sole owner, I know there's expenses on there is not a bad living for a part-time job. 
And I think that, you know, I think the message I believe to other entrepreneurs is that's perfectly fine. You don't need to build a multi-billion dollar company to be happy. Yeah. 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 It all depends upon, you know, what you like. I had to work myself out of being an EA. I didn't Mm -hmm. have to, but I saw the opportunity. Then I started getting interested in being a business owner. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, well now I'm actually tired of being an EA. So I had Alice, you know, I had somebody take over for me Mm -hmm. and then it's Mm -hmm. became find the next client, find the next EA, find the next client, find the next EA. Right. We're now at 21 clients and 16 EAs. Right. Well, um, soon to be 22. Ah, <laughs> so, thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I've gotten to the point where I just can't do this myself anymore. So, but my question is, well, I've, got, I've got a lot of questions. So, all right. So you're talking about your, your 21 clients. Do you find your clients or are they finding you at this time? They've been finding me for probably two and a half years now. All from I haven't by referral? Any- when I looked at our numbers for 2021, every single client in 2021 was a referral. And mm-hmm. I think it's been that case now for a couple of years. I mean, that's how I found you. Yeah, exactly. From Dorian and Jen. Yeah. And same right? thing with the EA side. When we notice mm-hmm. who doesn't make it through the vetting process and who makes it through the vetting process, it's directly correlate to who was referred by a past client, a past EA, a current client, a current EA, somebody who understands our business. So, so tell me about the vetting process. Of the EAs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we've never posted a job. Good. Public. Glad to hear anywhere. that. Mm-hmm. So, God willing. And most people think you would because, you know, I've, I, I, I've had people say to me, well, you know, we, you know, we, we bring people in, uh, you know, search firms to do our high level people, but, you know, our lower level stuff we post. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, I've no, got a follow up conversation with somebody exactly about that. Uh, Yeah. No, we haven't had to. I thought a couple months ago, I was starting to get prepared. Like, I think we're going to have to. And then I said, no, just you haven't even intentionally started to rustle the bushes. So just right. keep intentionally rustling the bushes mm-hmm. and let everybody know that you're looking. Um, and obviously the workplace right now and the job hunt space right now is so different. Right. Um, and I thought, anyway, so far, so good. We have a good pipeline of people mm-hmm. coming in as EAs and a wait list of clients. So the vetting process is about, five phone calls long and takes place over a period of a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And I was just reading this article about, you know, how do you deal with, you know, gathering talent in the current space. And one of the articles said, don't have a long drawn out process, right? You're going to lose people because they're job hunting and da da And I said, that's probably a good idea. And I'm not going to go that route. Yeah. Whoever wrote that doesn't know what I know about business. I totally disagree (laughs) with that. That's right. And I could give you many reasons why, but yeah. It's a five, people are on five different phone calls through, mm-hmm. and they all call it, it's somewhat vetting, it's somewhat screening, it's slightly interviewing, and it's a lot developmental. Mm-hmm. So it's like one whole call, for example, is just about our vision and our mission and our values. Great. This is the whole call. People come to me and they go, I have never, ever worked for a company where before I arrived, we had an entire call about that. And it's just because I'm serious about them. Well, like if these speak to you, great. If mm-hmm. they don't speak to you, this you should start hearing that we are not a good match for you. Great. Um, so that's one whole call. There's another mm-hmm. whole call that's about what we call the eight characteristics of being a high performing EA. Mm-hmm. And it's we're a big, heavy coaching company. You've got to right. want to be coached. So in mm-hmm. these calls, we're coaching, which right. also gives you a sense of 
you're either annoyed at us because you're like, right. why are you nitpicking every, well, that's what we do. If you that's don't right. like this process, we are not a good place for you. That's right. So we go over those eight characteristics. We have people study them. We have people come to the call, you know, ready to basically say what we're most interested in is where are you not that? And because we know everybody's going to come to an interview mm-hmm. and be like, let me just tell you how bright and shiny I am about everything. No, we know you are. Otherwise, we wouldn't still be talking to you. So right. we want to know about the 10% where you're not, where you think you need development. That's right. Given that these are the eight traits we say it takes mm-hmm. to be a high performing EA. And we're charging more money than anybody else in this country. And we're probably paying out to our EAs more money than anybody else. So we're very mm-hmm. serious about these yeah. eight traits. That's right. And it's take some guts to say what your product is, is like high caliber, right? You're kind of saying, all right, we're boutique, we're high end. Well, mm-hmm. now you got to really deliver because you've now put that out there. <laughs> that's right. So that's a call. And then in the end, probably the most important thing is there is part of the process where they actually have to perform. Mm-hmm. They're given assignments, takes two or three days to do. And that's partly so that they get a feel for what being yes. a remote EA is. It's not do work from Starbucks on your way to the grocery store while you're walking the dog. Yeah. And it's a pain. So we're trying to interrupt and intervene in the sort of sexy notion of I can sit at home in my pajamas and work, <laughs> which you can. Yes. And But you say to yourself, I'm going to work uh, right after I drop the kids off. That's when I'm going to work. Every day I'm going to work between, you know, 9 and 11. And that'll be perfect. Well, that's great until your executive doesn't respond to you till one, Mm -hmm. but now you're not working because they're all part-time. So how do you work high in a high performing, high caliber way, but only part-time a little bit every day, but provide a lot of excellence. So we, we put them through a series of exercises where they have to, our operations manager is Jennifer, who you've met and -hmm. they've got to work with Jennifer over a series of days and Jennifer plays executive and they have to play EA. And she does what executives do, right? They don't always give you complete instructions. They don't always <laughs> spell that person's name who you need to go write an email to. Mm-hmm. They don't always tell you whether they prefer aisle or window. Mm-hmm. You got to, like, we get to see what, how do you think? How do you perform in the midst of four or five different tasks? Right. And we give you incomplete answers. And what are you going to do? How are you going to get complete information? Oh, and be gracious with me. Because I also don't want to be dealing with anybody who's going to get dramatic with me. Mm-hmm. And can I put in correction? And can I be just a little bit short with you and not have you be offended? Right. All yeah. of that. So it gives mm-hmm. us time. And then when they get through all of that, then the final thing is then they got to come be on camera with me. And mm-hmm. we have a, a chat. And then mm-hmm. we go from there. So that's just the vetting. So, so Gina, tell me about what you look for from a like a skills standpoint. Yeah. Um, from from an E, somebody who's going to be an EA, what their background might look like. Yeah. Well, one thing that one thing I don't look for is necessarily how much have you been in EA. Mm-hmm. Um, that isn't the number one thing. But I will say there are some people on our team that have deep EA experience, and it was you know, it was awesome, but I'm not necessarily Mm -hmm. a heat seeking missile for that. Right. You know, one thing that I have in common with Tiffany, who was the one who originally said, get over yourself and open this business, Dorian, who helped build the business with me and Jennifer, who's now my operations manager. One thing we all have in common is just a lot of years of work on our own personal development. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we've right. done it at Landmark, the people who right. do the Landmark Forum. And so what I know about those people and that community that I've been a part of for a long time is right. those are people who are emotionally intelligent. They know mm-hmm. themselves really well. They're self-aware. Mm-hmm. They enjoy coaching and being right. coached. Right. And that's really important to me. Yes, I want somebody to have some good admin skills and some good technology skills is really important too because technology is ever-changing. Right. And technology is a big thing that allows us to work like this and work remotely. So if you get it all annoyed or frustrated with, well, I don't know that CRM or I don't know how to do that or nobody showed me how to do that. Okay, that's not going to work. You got to just dive in and be like, what's the app you use? Oh, okay, good. Let me go watch three videos on that. I'll get that sorted mm-hmm. out and I'll see what I you know, can do, learn about that. So mm-hmm. we're always looking for people who love to learn technology because mm-hmm. you're always going to have to learn it. Mm-hmm. People who who have some background with their own personal development makes a big difference. And so Mm -hmm. now after five years, we've had so many different clients and EAs that now they're, they've been sending us essentially the right people. It sounds weird to say it like that, but right. Self-aware people know self-aware people, people who like coaching and development. I have friends with people who like coaching and development. Right. Right. (laughs) So those are big traits. Mm-hmm. For us, you know, if somebody had a resume that was really out of left field, we'd be like, now, why do you think you would be good at this job? Right. You know, we would ask, but most people have got, you know, they've been event planners or office managers or project managers or somebody mm-hmm. ran the entire, one of my really strong longtime EAs, Sam, he came out of like a school district and he was like a maintenance manager for an entire charter school. And I thought, well, I don't know, except the amount of things he's got to deal with on a given day and deploy and delegate and order. I'm like, oh, I think you're going to be a great EA. Mm-hmm. And he's been a great EA, you know, but I wasn't looking for a maintenance manager at a school. Right. So I want to dive into a little bit about what, if any, distinction you place on EAs versus versus a VA, right? Yeah. So you got a lot of A's out there. You got administrative assistance, right? That's kind of where the world started when we stopped using the word secretary. When we graduated from secretary, we got admin assistance and then we had executive assistance. Right. So in the in-person, in the office world, that's really what you have. You have admin assistance. And if you're at a huge company like Amazon and I live, you'll have an executive. Mm -hmm. You've got admin one, admin two, admin three, and you got executive assistant one, executive assistant, you have all these layers. Mm-hmm. That's still somewhat relevant. Now the VA, the virtual assistant world emerges, pops up, right? If people like, what's his name, Ferris, who wrote the four hour work week, oh, right? Yeah. Re- people read that book and then they go, okay, I'm going to get a VA to run this company and this company and this company and run this and run that. The virtual assistant world is kind of the wild, wild west, it means right. a lot of different things. That's it means you. you can get a lot of cheap labor overseas. Yeah, is a big part of it, yep. right? So you can get Philippines. <laughs> Philippines is big, depending upon what you want done. Right, you could get your coding done out of India. You could get your mm-hmm. social media run out of um, Argentina. Get your you can get stuff farmed out all over the world. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part of the virtual assistant. When people think of a virtual assistant, a lot of times they think of that. Now here in the US, there are virtual assistant agencies now, full on mm-hmm. firms, that mm-hmm. that's all they do is virtual assistants. They are US based. They have right. 
U.S.-based people working here. I'm a part of that industry. Okay. So I made up, I'm going to call these people virtual executive assistants because what I wanted was I wanted people to be able to hire somebody part-time, but that had that caliber of the Mm -hmm. person that's on the 40th floor of the downtown high rise Mm -hmm. outside the office of the CTO, CMO, CEO, CIO, Mm -hmm. that caliber. So I didn't want to call them a VA. Now there are some VAs that are that caliber, but it just has to do with how, how it occurs for people. Right. I just wanted to call it a virtual executive assistant because I want people to know you're getting an executive assistant. So when Amazon says they're hiring for executive assistant level two or whatever, this is the caliber of person you're getting. Right. But you can have them for just 10 or 15 hours a week because you probably don't need them for 40. Mm-hmm. That Those now – so sorry, I'm missing a few, few things all together. So you've got the VA, U.S.-based VA agencies, of which mm-hmm. I would say I'm a part of. Right. But I would say I'm in a niche market in there. Mm-hmm. What niche market that, is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, well, what I would call the high caliber top okay. shelf market. Okay. That's so that is thinking. the people right. that okay. are willing to invest and they want to invest mm-hmm. in more of like a business partner. Yeah. Somebody who over time would become their representative who could speak mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Different mm-hmm. than, this isn't to put down Others, but different than task doing. Right. And farming out your task doing to VAs is super smart. Mm-hmm. And you really could get some really cheap task doing done in mm-hmm. the Philippines. But it has its pros and cons and its challenges and its payoffs, right? Both. So same thing in the US. There's a lot of US VA firms where you would get a lot of task doing. Now you may not mm-hmm. necessarily get somebody that you want to have write the email to your client. Right. But you may not also be shopping for that. And that's okay. And then in the VA world, you also have just the independent unicorns out there. Sally Sue, who's sitting at her dining room table in the middle of Kansas City, and she's probably a rock star. Maybe she was in business. Maybe she even has a master's degree, but she's just a solopreneur out there. And Mm -hmm. I call those the unicorns because they're worth, they're, they're great. And they're not going to charge you as much as an agency is going to charge you. But now you got to go find the unicorn. Yeah. Good luck finding them. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. Do you find, and of course, most of these people are coming to you through referrals, but do you find that you are are, uh, taking time? And if so, how much to actually educate people on what you just educated me about and our audience? In terms of the industry? Yeah. Like what the difference is between, you know, an executive virtual assistant or executive assistant and a, you know, in, in AA or a VA, right? Because, because I am, in fact, I just had another one yesterday, some US based company, you know, sending me as usual, a pitch on LinkedIn. Hi, we, you know, we we have these people to hire. I'm like, that's really awesome. Thank you. People don't understand how to sell, but that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So a little bit. We may, and you're talking about prospects, right? Prospective clients, and do we need to educate them on these right. various yes. things? Yes. Sometimes we do, um, but a lot of times they just don't care. They just okay. want what their friend has, right. Right? right? You want a Dorian. Yeah. You would like a Dorian working for you. That's all. Right. You don't care yeah. what we call her, whether we call her a alligator or a VA or a what. You just want somebody who does what she does for mm-hmm. Jennifer. You want one of those for you. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what people do is people say, I, 
they'll often go, Gabe referred me. I want a Christina. Because they interact with the EA. Right, of, of course. Clients. Yeah. They want so what they, they go, what they I like. Love how, I love how Christina is with Gabe. Can, and sometimes they'll even be like, Can I have Christina? And we'll be like, No. But we're in the business of creating who Christina is. So a yeah. lot of times that's all. And they don't really need to know all those distinctions every now and then they might ask, but frankly, mostly they just want what their friend has. Right. That's really great. I'm curious that, have you given any consideration to bringing in a a partner that really wants to build a company to build it bigger? (laughs) And I'm not putting myself out there for that just as an FYI. No, it's it's a good question because I I interviewed some people last year, just both friends and people in my professional Mm -hmm. sphere and kind of laid it on the table for them and said, here's where I'm at in life. Here's where I'm at financially. Yep. Here's where my business is at. What would you do if you were me? Because mm-hmm. I was just kind of trying to get, you know, different mm-hmm. ideas about that. And um, one of my friends said, oh, my God, Gina, give me your business, please. I'll scale it so fast. And mm-hmm. I was like, probably can't be scaled okay. that fast. But I said to her, I said, but why? And she goes, oh my God, Gina. She goes, I love you. You're the only person who's like, why? I was like, but why? What for? For what end? Mm-hmm. Now, I've got a variety of, I'm not like without answers to that question. Um, so yeah, I think about it. And this year for me is going to be a lot about looking at what are the options? Mm-hmm. You know, I've been tapped by different opportunities and mm-hmm you know, what do, what do we want to do here? Both me Mm -hmm. as an individual, what do I want to do? I do have thoughts about my exit strategies. Right. Um, and I'm also kind of like not in a hurry. Mm -hmm. Don't necessarily want to be doing exactly what I'm doing in 10 years, but you know, I work 10 hours a week. So, Mm -hmm. and you know, I make close to $10,000 a month and I'm, perfectly happy. I don't have kids in college. I don't have grandkids. I don't, there's a lot of stuff. I don't have a very small footprint on the world, which allows me to just be able to go, well, what would I want to do? So we'll see the, the, that's a long answer to say maybe, you know, cause this thing could go. So, I mean, there's just so many possibilities I see for where this could go. Right. And that's why I asked the question. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, I mean, especially you know, as, as entrepreneurship grows in this country, continues to grow, I should say, and, you know, realizing that, you know, I, I've seen companies who hire what they refer to as a chief of staff, who's nothing more than a paper pusher. Yep. That's not, that's not what a real, that's not, I mean, that's not what I believe a chief of staff is. You might as well just yeah. hire a great EA and have them do that exactly. work and call them that. Okay. Exactly. And, you know, I think part of that is, you know, why I ask about educating people, right? And of course, educating people takes marketing. So you're not, you know, constantly having to evangelize. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see how long this train, I mean, right now I just am keeping the wheels on the train. Right. You know, cause there's just, we just, we keep growing 35 to 45% every single year, year on top of year, on top of year, on top of year. So every month right now, we're the biggest we've ever been, which (laughs) while it's exciting is like, 
okay, do we need to revamp that system now? Is it breaking? Is it about yes. to break? Or is right. it already broken? Right. Like this whole year is very much on guard for what's about to break or it's already, I see cracks in it already. Mm-hmm. You know, is our payroll system going to keep working the way we do it? Is mm-hmm. the way we do invoicing, is that still going to work? Like, you know, when you have a spreadsheet with five rows on it, okay, it was easy. But now it's, you know, it's getting almost unwieldy in certain areas. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of this year is about just getting the scaffolding and the protection right. around the important parts of the business, mm-hmm. you know, and looking. And we also do one other thing we do that we don't advertise that is it's a whole other venue to go into, which is that we will train people who already have admins and we will turn their admins into high performing EAs. Very fabulous. I love that in a coaching program. So I just, really Jen- I just trained Jennifer on how to do that. And she's going to start next week with two admins that work for one financial advisor. Mm-hmm. And then the next week, she's going to start with two other admins that work for two other partners in a business. Mm-hmm. And that whole coaching program is all centered around our eight core distinctions of being a high performing right. EA. Mm-hmm. And I said to her yesterday, as I was finishing training her, I said, now the problem is this is probably all you're going to want to do, right? And she goes, yes, Gina, I'm afraid of that. All I'm going to want to do is coach. And I said, that's fine. We, we might just find another ops manager and you might just go run the coaching right. division. And all you and do if is- you run, Yeah, if the company's growing that much, there will be a need for that to have somebody like that internally, right? Yeah. So it's fun. It, that's fun. Yeah. No, I, I, love, I love that. So tell me about that coaching program. What, how long does it last? How often are they having calls? What does that look like? Yeah. Super simple, right? We have eight distinctions. So we're, right. we're super simple. We just do eight calls. Each call includes one distinction. Every call is one hour. But what starts okay. to happen is the distinction or the characteristic takes maybe 25% of the call. Mm-hmm. Uh, 75% of the call is a little more like, what are you dealing with? in reality with your executive based on what we just talked. So every call ends with you giving yourself an assignment. Okay. Given the call I just had with my coach, I can see this week in my working with my executive, what I'm going to focus on is A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. Then we come back to the next call and we review A, B, and C, right? Did Mm -hmm. you take ground in this? Did you practice this new way? So when calendar requests are coming at you, are you trying your new system? It's not like we're telling them how to go be an EA we're helping them get over the hurdles that they're currently living with, Mm -hmm. with their executive. Right. And so half the, at least half the call is about dealing with your biggest pain points right now, and then mapping them on or applying a yet another distinction of being a high performing EA and just keep putting these eight different tools into their Mm -hmm. soup over an eight Mm -hmm. or 10 week period, Mm -hmm. and then have their performance expand from that. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I love that. By the time a, you know, prospective client comes to you, have they wasted time and money on someone else or doing it themselves or all of the above? Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, sorry for them, but it really is good for us Mm -hmm. if they have. And it's not always a bad route, right? You start off with your niece, Nikki, and she manages your social media. Fine. Niece Nikki can probably manage your social media for a little while until you mm-hmm. need something more. Right. Mm-hmm. So people have tried the family and the friends. Then they tried the $6 <laughs> per hour Philippine right. option right. <laughs> and they realized what that works and why that mm-hmm. doesn't work. So yeah. in the ideal world, people come to us after some of that. That's right. Yeah. 
And, and frankly, we, we're just bold now, right? The price mm-hmm. is on the website in our very initial call. We're not shy about it. We just say, hey, mm-hmm. listen, you want to make sure you've got at least $2,000 a month that you're looking mm-hmm. to spend in this category. Mm-hmm. And you are either in that camp or you are not. Right. It's pretty, right. we're not trying to convince people, oh, if you invest, and I was more like this in the early days, of course, right? You want to invest this money so you can get that lower level work done. So then you can go do the higher level work. And can't you see the return on investment? You're going to pay $50 an hour over here so that you can go make $250 an hour over here. We don't do that anymore, right? We just mm-hmm. go, you know, it's going to cost you about $2,000 a month. So you just want to mm-hmm. expect that. And what would mm-hmm. you like to do next? Mm-hmm. And that just kind of separates out. Right. Right. Yeah, that's fantastic. Do you have an ideal client? And if well, so, what like makes them ideal? My, yeah, I mean, what you read in my bio, I picked those words a couple of years ago, swamped and successful. And mm-hmm. you do have to be, you got to be at a certain level of swamped to need an assistant. And, and not only that, but to be convinced that you need one, right? Because founders yeah. and business owners were so insane. Yeah. That... It takes a fair amount of crash and burn and crash and burn and crash and burn before we're like, oh God, I can't actually keep living like this. I think I need an assistant. So it's a certain level of swamped and then enough level of success that you're able to invest a couple grand a month for that assistance, that you're not trying to just find somebody for $13 an hour. Right. You know, in Tallahassee. Yeah. So swamped and successful is it it just so happens because of a variety of things that happened in our business we have a lot of financial advisors um we don't go looking for them but there are enough financial advisors and we had a couple that went on to create their own financial advisor coaching Mm -hmm. programs Mm -hmm. and then the word just Mm -hmm. spread and spread and spread so Mm -hmm. about 75 percent of our clients right now are financial advisors so we're getting kind of almost a division of that in fact Mm -hmm. those eas organically on their own (laughs) decided to have their own monthly huddle um, and support each other, which I freaking love them for. Yeah. And they're like, they will support each other in that. Now what's lovely, I will say about working with that, with financial advisors is Mm -hmm. that for the most part, they work the market hours and that's it. Right. They don't work nine o'clock at night and they don't work on Saturdays. Right. So I, we're kind of spoiled now. So if somebody comes in and is a little like they are that 60 hour a week founder and they're like, they need somebody who's going to find the babysitter on Saturday and book mom's birthday party and write a note to the investors and do all this craziness. We're very cautious because um, that's hard on an EA. It's right. possible. Well, right. But we got to really make sure we find the right. You're right. When I, yeah, when I say jump, you say how high. You know, that's, exactly. that's, that's really not how it should work. I mean, and listen, the reality is the startup founders are busy and they do need help. Yeah. And it's going to take a special person to, to, um, to be a fit for that individual. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting paradox because on the one hand, people come to us as prospective clients and I think, okay, they're a little too out of control for us, but they're out of control because they don't have an EA. They need an EA to get in control. So right. This whole 22 like do we dive into that hot mess or is it mm-hmm. too hot like yeah. is it hot mess that we can help them sort out right. or is that like okay you're so out of control that even if we put our asset in there you're our assets gonna end up like battered and bruised right 
So I have to watch out for Mm -hmm. like, yeah, we're strong and we will make a difference, but I got to make sure my assets are well taken care of because that's my product. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, we've talked a little bit about you know growth p- potential growth you know you've been growing thirty five percent regularly. Um, where do you see yourself investing in resources for continued growth over this year twenty twenty two? Just you know? really taking care of my people yeah. is the biggest thing. All mm-hmm. I if my people want education, I've told there's some of them want it like, oh, I've got one of them says, I think I need to actually go get project manager skills. I said, you go right. research it. You tell me. Right. It really right now is take right. care of the people mm-hmm. and get them what they need. Um, and they're shy about asking. I have to literally be like, you guys, if there is a course you want, if there's a webinar you want, if there's a, yep. whatever you want to support your career, mm-hmm. you should come to me they are their own business people. And, you know, we're in a business to business relationship. So I Mm -hmm. think it's fairly generous of me to offer that, but I love them and they're awesome and they are the product. Mm -hmm. So just like you go to make your widgets, better widgets there. I want to make them, you know, I'll invest in their personal development. If they want to go down that route. That's exactly right. And and not just that, Gina, uh, you know, I, I, it's, when you look at things like succession strategies or development strategies and leadership strategies, those are all a piece of retention. And, you know, the last thing you need is somebody to say, yeah, I'm just not happy doing this. I'm going. And now you've got an executive without an EA. Exactly. And that is the absolute worst thing that can happen in my business right there. Right. And our biggest safeguard or and also answering the investment question is that mm-hmm. everybody has a performance coach. So mm-hmm. one of the key things is I have to keep developing people to the level where they can be a performance coach for three or four other EAs. Right. It is something that really sets us apart that instead of come crying to you with their problems, they go come crying to their performance coach. Cause your That's job right. as the executive is you just keep delegating, 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 mm-hmm. delegating. They get confused. They get lost they might ask you a couple of questions, but they've got a performance coach mm-hmm. behind them. And that's yeah. one of the biggest things right now for me in our growth this year is just that, is getting that level, making sure everybody's got a strong, somebody's got their back. Yep. Because it makes the, it's, it's what my people say makes the biggest difference for them. Mm-hmm. Even so, if all it is is somebody to just talk to every other week and tell them about their life. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, right. Right. That's right. I, I listen, you know, this is, this is my 21st, 20th year working from, from home. And, um, yeah, it, I mean, whether I'm running a business or an EA for someone else, it's, it's I'm still alone. Yeah. A lot. Yep. So, you know, th- that, you know, having, having an outlet is really, really important. Yeah. To my own yep. sanity, my, you know, my own emotional sanity. Right. Um, so, uh, what do you spend your other 30, 40, 50 hours a week doing when you're not working? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I have a new hobby, like a lot of people called pickleball. So I'm becoming obsessed with pickleball. Um, and it's been really rainy and cold in Seattle right now. And I haven't played for three weeks and I've rescheduled my coaching sessions and I'm hoping next week is dry enough. I don't care if it's 40 degrees, as long as the courts are dry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm becoming pickleball obsessed. And then I spend probably 10 hours a week still um, working um, on big projects at Landmark. 
um, the personal development place that I talked about. So I have a very, um, how do I describe it? It's kind of like being on an international board. I'm a part of a division there called being a course supervisor. Right. And I'm on a team of people that oversee a program of about four or 500 people around the world. Mm, So I spend about 10 hours a week. Um, I would say volunteering, but volunteering kind of gives you the wrong visual. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. You know, I invest in them. They invest in me kind of thing. So I do that about 10 hours a week. Um, Yeah. And I also have a home down in California. So it's kind of amazing how much just personal life takes up your time. Yeah. You know, managing properties and investments and Mm -hmm. just whatever showed up in the mail yesterday that now needs to get tended to. Mm -hmm. And I am, you know, I'm about to turn 50. I'm going to turn 50 in about five weeks, five or six weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm committed to the best of my ability to actually becoming like a 50 year old athlete. So, you know, really flipping around my days this week being the first business week of the year, I've kind of a new way I have my, my days set up where the morning is Mm -hmm. really either Mm -hmm. pickleball or strength train or stretching or cardio, Mm -hmm. like invest in the, my, my body first thing in the morning versus I was always Athena first, Athena first, do those first couple hours Mm -hmm. of the day, Athena, then get to everything else go do the landmark work, go play pickleball. And now I have it all mm-hmm. kind of flipped on its head called no mm-hmm. start your day, right? Pickleball or a lesson or whatever you can. Mm-hmm. And then do Athena work between like noon and three <laughs> and then go invest in the landmark projects and mm-hmm. then go have dinner with your boyfriend at seven. Cause he's a really good cook. Yahoo. That sounds like a pretty great life, Gina. I think so. Yeah. When you get to invent a life you love, right. this is the way I chose to invent mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm all aboard with that, as you, as you know. So yeah. um, if somebody listening to this, because uh, we will put in, we will put in the right keywords. If somebody listening to this is not our, you know, sort of typical entrepreneurial audience, but is somebody that says, oh, I could do, I could, I can be an EA. I've been an EA and so on and so forth. What should they do? Oh, they should go to our website, which is AthenaExecutiveServices.com and go to our team page, check out our cool team. And then down at the bottom, it'll say apply here. Awesome. Yep. Well, uh, Gina Kotner, uh, founder and CEO of Athena Executive Services. I've been, I've really been looking forward to this call. We had a reschedule for some emergency that I had, but um, uh, because we've we've done the same training and development work for so many years, I was really anxious to have this conversation with you, and it was really a nice conversation. And I want to thank you for your generosity of being here with me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. 
If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com, or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. 